Hey guys, reporter Kelsey Ray here from the Colorado Independent, and welcome to another episode of the Indie Weekly Podcast. This is a little known trick of the trade, but uh, if you don't have a sound studio, you can usually get pretty good audio by recording from inside of a vehicle. So, hello from the back of my car. I tell you this because today we're going to talk about transportation. Colorado's rapidly growing population has led to big increases in traffic, which has put major stress on our roads and bridges. This aging infrastructure needs maintenance, but construction costs are going up, and a major source of funding, the gas tax, is becoming increasingly inadequate as inflation rises and cars become more fuel efficient. Right now, Colorado has a transportation to-do list that rings in at about $9 billion. The state legislature this year proposed a bill that would have asked voters to approve a sales tax increase that would have brought in about $3.5 billion towards that shortfall. But a tax-fearing state Senate killed the bill, despite support from the Senate president. On Tuesday, Governor John Hickenlooper signed a bill to save rural hospitals, and that bill will give the Colorado Department of Transportation, or CDOT, a small chunk towards its budget needs, about $1.9 billion. This week, the Colorado Independent talked to Shaylin Bott, executive director of CDOT, to learn more about what this money will mean for his agency and why Colorado still needs a far-reaching transportation solution. Bott has led CDOT since February 2015 and previously served under President Obama in the Federal Highway Administration. This interview was conducted by reporter Marianne Goodland, but her audio didn't work, so I'm just going to repeat her questions and walk you through it. First, let's let Bott explain how we got here. Lots of people ask me, why is traffic so bad in Colorado? Why are the roads in such poor condition? Um, And they're two separate but related answers. So the reason traffic is so bad is because we have a highway system that was designed in the 50s, built in the 1960s for a population of the 1980s that uh, the planners at the time thought would be about 3 million people. We're at 5.8 million people today. We're going to 8 million people in the next 20 years. Uh, and so the congestion is only going to get worse. And people say, well, that, that can't be. We can't have highways from the 1960s. There's a 17-mile stretch of I-25 between Denver and Colorado Springs. Uh, that is two lanes. Uh, and uh, it was completed in 1960 when Dwight D. Eisenhower was the president. Denver and Colorado Springs do not look like Dwight D. Eisenhower is still the president. I-70 up in the mountains when you get beyond... Uh, Idaho Springs, same configuration as the 1960s. Um, So that's why traffic is so bad. And you can't have hundreds of thousands of people moving here and not make improvements uh, to the infrastructure. It it doesn't work. And on top of that, we're underinvesting in our existing infrastructure. So we have 3,500 bridges, 23,000 lane miles of existing roadways, uh, culverts, signals, uh, geohazards. All of these things are assets that need to be managed. Um, and every year construction costs go up. Uh, the, the, our primary source of uh, revenue is the gas tax, last raised in 1991, not indexed to inflation. Cars are becoming much more fuel efficient. So it's almost like there's a perfect storm of, uh, of funding challenges and population growth, and, and it cannot continue without a fix. Marianne then asked Bott to explain how CDOT came to get $1.8 billion from the state legislature and what that kind of money will mean for his agency. So we often talk about we have a billion-dollar-a-year shortfall for the next 20 years. So that's why we say 10 years, $10 billion, 20 years, $20 billion. Um, so when you say that we got, a one, we got $1.88 billion out of the legislature, uh, let's delve into that. So that 
$1.88 billion is uh, going to be derived by leasing state properties. Uh, we're going to get it over four years. So it's not $1.8 billion next year. It's actually about $450 million uh, that would show up every year for the next four years. And then you got to pay that money back. Uh, and so out of that billion eight, the first $50 million has to come out of my budget, my existing asset management budget. So a billion of that, so you factor that over 20 years, $50 million a year, that's a billion dollars. So if I want to be starkly realistic, I got $800 million out of uh, the legislature last year. And, you know, uh, people say, well, you got to get rid of that 17 mile gap on I-25. Well, that's $500 million. People say, you got to get rid of uh, Floyd Hill. You got to fix Floyd Hill. It's the biggest bottleneck that we have. That's 500 million, up to a billion if we want to really do it right. Uh, people say we got to widen I-25 North. Well, that's $1.6 billion. So just in three projects, three corridors that uh, a lot of the state really wants to get done, I'm already north of $2.5 billion. But had plenty of criticism for the state legislature's decision to kill the tax bill. Nobody was asking the legislature to raise taxes. There, this was not a measure that said, you will, you know, we will vote and then the tax will be raised. This was a measure to say, let's go to the people of Colorado and let them choose. And to me, this is about, do they want to pay, you know, an extra 50 or $100 a year, depending on, you know, where, where they're driving uh, or, you know, what they buy um, in terms of a smart tax to invest in infrastructure? Or do we all want to continue to play the dumb tax of sitting in congestion for hours, sitting and repairing tires and, and rims that are being damaged by potholes, which is much more than 100. I, I had to buy a brand new set of tires because I blew two tires last year because I hit a pothole, not on a state road. Uh, that was $700 that wasn't in my budget. So if I had to ask, do I want to pay $700 for new tires or do I want to pay $100 more in tax so we can get rid of some of these potholes? I think it's an intelligent decision. So that's the... That's the conversation we'll have next year is to say, nobody's asking you to raise taxes. We're asking you for a chance to go to the voters to say, would you like us to raise your taxes in exchange for these benefits? Another important thing to keep in mind when we discuss transportation is the main funding source, Colorado's gas tax. Many Coloradans praise the state's relatively low tax, but as Bot explains, you basically get what you pay for. We have the 12th lowest gas tax in the United States now. Uh, people say, well, that's great. But you have outcomes that are similar to that. So our gas tax is 23 cents per gallon. Utah is 29 cents per gallon. They have raised theirs uh, uh, a couple of times in the last few years. They have a dedicated sales tax uh, just for transportation. So um, we have a low gas tax and we're 32nd in pavement condition, right? Utah has a high ga higher gas tax and they are number two in pavement condition. Um, we're 18th in bridges. They're number one in bridges. So they're a state that has about half of our system, right? So they have half of our bridges, uh, a third less of our roadways, uh, but they spend the exact same amount on transportation that we do. Very red state, right? Uh, and so to me, I, I just think it's, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. We're not going to solve this by moving zeros around in the legislature. We're not gonna solve this by cannibalizing the state patrol budget or education budget or you know, any myriad of things. You don't solve a funding problem 
uh, with financing is people say, well, let's wait for you know public-private partnerships and the and the president's deal where he's going to bring in all kinds of private financing. We need to pay for the roads and bridges that we currently have in Colorado. We need to pay for the roads and bridges that we currently want to add. And the only way you do that is by paying for it. And the way you pay for that is for a referred measure to go to the people and say, let's raise our taxes and here are the projects that get built because of it. And the other problem is that the gas tax just doesn't mean what it used to. In 1992, I was driving a Jeep Wrangler that got about 10 miles to the gallon downhill. My car today gets 40 miles to the gallon. There are cars out there, Teslas, Volts, Bolts, Priuses. Uh, some of them don't use any gas at all. And we are headed more and more into a future where we're not just going to be pulling oil out of the ground, shipping at great distances, refining it uh, at great environmental risk, and then exploding it in an engine to propel a 3,000-pound vehicle. That, that is not the model of the future. So in 10 to 15 years, we'll be all using a, a mileage-based user fee or a VMT. So we do need to start the transition process, and we've, began, we've, began, uh, that, uh, we've begun that process. Uh, but to me, the right solution is a – the reason people didn't want to – talk about the gas tax is because it's politically unpopular. They're like, well, sales tax is unpopular, but gas tax is even more unpopular. Well, to me, this is not a popularity contest, even though it is because you're going to go to the ballot. But I think people run scared of voters here. Uh, I think that voters are a lot more intelligent than we give them credit for. And I think that if you say, here's an efficient way to raise revenue for uh, transportation, and here's the 10-year plan whereby we're going to increase, we're going to index it so that it goes up, so we won't be the 12th lowest in the country anymore. Here are the projects we'll build with it. But we also know that in 10 to 15 years, it won't be nearly as efficient, so we're going to have to start phasing out of it towards a mileage-based user fee. I think that people will be like, you know what? That makes sense. We can support that. Marianne's next question for Bot, what happens now? In the next two years, with nothing but existing resources, where is Colorado going to be? We have seen a steady influx of people. Uh, it seems like half the world is moving to Colorado. And this started, you know, 20 years ago, has continued, has accelerated in some ways. And to me, the analogy is housing prices, right? You know, people are so taken aback by why is traffic so bad? Look at housing prices, right? That to me is a direct reflection of the fact that so many people have moved here and housing stock has not kept up, so the price of housing has gone up. Uh, so, so to me, that's the analogy that, that when people say why is traffic so bad, you know, well, the, the, the price is fixed and that's what we've done. So for the next two years, just like over the last 20 years, you've seen a steady deterioration of traffic. You're going to continue to see a deterioration of traffic. Uh, there's no magic bullet short of more money that's going to allow us to go out and and fix these problems. More people are going to continue to move here. Um, we're still on a on a delayed schedule in terms of paving all the roads that we need to pave and fixing all the potholes we need to fix. So I would say the next two years is going to be uh, more of the same, but only worse because more people are coming. And lastly, Marianne asked the question on everyone's minds. What do we do with that $1.8 billion? Readers should keep in mind that the hospital bill that provided the money stipulates that a significant chunk of it has to go to rural areas. People ask me, what are you, what are you doing now that you got $1.88 billion? Uh, and I say I am tempering expectations because I think everybody around the state is, we fixed transportation uh, and we have not fixed transportation, and some of the very folks that are out cheering the fact that we got $1.88 billion are going to be solely, sorely disappointed when I get $435 million next year, and 25% of it can only be spent in rural Colorado. So I'm looking at places like Lamar, 
uh, and Durango uh, and, uh, you know, places, you know, up near Rifle and Craig and places like that. So if I take $435 million and I take 25% of it, I've got $300 million next year to go to construction on projects across, this, across the Front Range, um, Douglas County, Jefferson County, Denver, uh, Weld. Um, there's just not a lot of peanut butter there. Uh, and so I think it is going to be a pretty big shock for folks who are like, but I thought we fixed transportation. It's not fixed. Well, that's it for today, guys. We'd love to thank Shaylin Bott for appearing on our podcast, and thank you guys for all tuning in. Be sure to check out more of our work at coloradoindependent.com. And if you like what you read, feel free to give us an easy, quick, tax-deductible donation. Just go to coloradoindependent.com slash donate. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.